my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am taking a mini break from the Father's Day series. I just covered Where Oh Where Oh Where Has My Little Girl Gone, the Danny and DJ episode. And of course, this Friday, June 13th, we celebrate the Olsen twins' birthday. Yes, they shared the role of Michelle Tanner. So today I'm going to be covering a Michelle episode, of course, in honor of their birthday. Season 4, episode 17, A Fish Called Martin. This aired February 1st, 1991. In this episode... Michelle gets a hard lesson in proper fish care when she gives, when, okay, I'm not sure who wrote this synopsis, but uh, I gotta rework the wording here. When she is given her new goldfish, Martin, she wins it at a, him at a carnival. An actual bubble bath, she, oh, yeah, oh, no, this is, Okay. Excuse me, let me try this again. Michelle gets a hard lesson in proper fish care when she gives her new goldfish martin an actual bubble bath and things go, quote-unquote, belly belly up. Meanwhile, Becky teaches the gang to square dance, which if you'll remember from the wedding episode part one and two, they don't square dance. There's no room in that house since they lost the hall due to... Jesse being late because he just had to skydive right before his wedding. Who does that? <laughs> Jesse Katsopoulos. That's who. Yeah, there would have been, there were so many people packed in that house. There would have been no room to square dance. There really wouldn't have been. So, all right. This episode has a 6.8 out of 10 based on 234 ratings. And let's see, do we have any guest stars? Jason Allen is Bobby. Yes. DJ and the fam go to a carnival and um, they bring this young Bobby, this boy named Bobby home. Does he live nearby? Why? Just because DJ's got a thing for him? Like, oh yeah, well, we'll take you home. Sure, come with us. We got plenty of room in the van. <laughs> All right, this episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers Jeff Franklin, Leslie Ray, and David Stephen Simon. I want to see what this Jason has done. Let's see. Uh, Last thing he was in was over 21 years ago. A movie called Tomcats. I'm sure I saw that on the new release wall at one point on... When I worked at uh, Hollywood Video, he was also in an episode of Beverly Hills 90210. He was in three episodes of Step by Step as Phil. Well, let's see. 94. He could have either been a friend of JT, a bully to Mark, or a love interest for Al, 
four. Well, depending on how old he is. What episodes? Were, okay. Oh, wow. This was like three years after Full House. Season three, read all about it and prom night. Let's see. Uh, prom night, JT is set up with a 13-year-old girl as a joke. Meanwhile, Dana's date doesn't go much better when her boyfriend decided to get back together with his ex-girlfriend. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's a... That's weird. Okay. And then, of course, we have I'll Be Home for Christmas. Okay, interesting. See, he was also in a CBS school break special. You know those after-school specials that they did. The Writing on the Wall. Oh, 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 oh my goodness. Wow. It's called The Writing on the Wall. This is from October 11, 94. Three teens are caught defacing a rabbi's temple. Instead of punishment, the rabbi suggests 25 hours of Holocaust Judaism and tolerance education, which he would teach. All right, there's one bit of trivia, that, which I kind of figured, even though I've never seen this movie, since the title of this episode is a reference to the movie A Fish Called Wanda. All right. I know it has Jamie Lee Curtis and Kevin Klein in it. That's all I know. I've never seen it. I have no desire to ever want to see it. So, all right. Oh, we got some uh, goofs. Cool, cool. At the beginning of the episode, Jesse references his uncle Nick, which doesn't make sense because Nick is the name of his father. It is extremely unlikely that their grandparents would have named two of their sons, Jesse's father and uncle, Nick. Continuity. When Michelle starts to carry Martin away for a walk, he swims near the top of his bowl. He is still there in the next shot, but in the next, he floats closer to the center. Well, I'll have to look for that. Fish don't give life birth. They lay eggs. Okay, that is a factual error, according to this goof. Miscellaneous. Joey suggested to Jesse and Danny that to prevent Michelle from knowing that Martin is dead, spoiler alert, I've seen this episode, is to put him on a little raft and tell her he's working on his tan. He could have just bought another goldfish that looks like Martin and replaced they're dead fish with that. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's pretty much it as far as there's the Dua Diddy song, which I think might be part of the cold open. I think it is, actually. So, All right, before I officially get into this episode, of course, I want to welcome all you... Uh, Tanner newbies aboard the Tanner train, aka the podcast. And I want to let you know a couple things about this podcast. One, where you can listen to it. You can listen to it on SoundCloud, the SoundCloud app, or your podcast app. You can go to iTunes and just search Full House Podcast. The All My Lanta Holy Chalupas Full House Fuller House Podcast will pop up. Like it, follow it, that way you'll know what episodes I'm doing. You'll be able to catch up if you want to do a nice little backlog there. I started this podcast back in April of 2019, just celebrated its three-year anniversary. 
Also, the podcast does have social media accounts on Instagram at OMHC Full House Fuller House Podcast. On Facebook, just type in Full House Podcast. The podcast page will pop up. You can follow it and like it. Also, it does have a Twitter, which is OMHC Full House. And an email address if you want to send in an email. Tell me about your favorite Full House memories, your top 10 or top 5 best worst episodes of either Full House or Fuller House, your favorite characters, or if you have a fun idea for how you could have seen season 9 or 10 of Fuller or of Full House going or even you know, season six of Fuller House. What are your ideas? I would love to hear them. Also, another thing about this podcast is that this is a pod, Full House, Fuller House podcast for ears of all ages. I wanted to make this podcast because there weren't really many out there that covered both of the shows. There is one. Unfortunately, it's not meant for... You know, it's not meant for children's ears. It's for, you know, ages 18, 21 and over. So, yeah, I just, I, I love the show. I grew up with the show. And I wanted those of us that have grown with the show that probably do have kids, you know, that want to share the Full House memories with them and help their kids create their Full House memories. I wanted to be able to give that in podcast form while I review the episodes. So, yeah. You can listen to it on a speaker or listen to it in your car with your kids. You don't got to worry about me dropping F-bombs, H-bombs, S-bombs, what have you. Another thing about this podcast is I don't go in order of episode and air date. I like to do themes, either based on a character or a holiday or just, you know, whatever creativeness that just pops out of my mind, basically. So, yeah. All right. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast and you want to show support, I don't do Patreon. All I ask is a moment of your time. If you can jump on iTunes and leave a review, that would be really great. You can use emojis if you want. You can describe episode titles from Full House or Fuller House in emoji form, and I can try to guess what they are. Someone actually did do that with a try to guess the characters based on the emojis. And I got the majority of them right. So, yeah. All reviews, all five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans, new and old like yourself. So, all right. Of course, again, that email address is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And let's get on. Let's jump into this fun, fun cold open. I love these. They're so adorable. Most of the time, they are Michelle and Jesse, Michelle and Joey, Michelle and Danny, Michelle and the girls. Usually, it's featuring Michelle. Then, you pretty much about season six onward, it's going to be like Michelle and the twins, Nikki and Alex. So, all right, let's see. Oh, you know, and I haven't done this in a while. I really want to start doing this again, reading the DVD description. Because sometimes it can be a yay, sometimes a nay. Let's see. 
Michelle gives her new goldfish Martin a bubble bath. Now Martin sleeps with the fishes. Oh, well, I don't really like that. Sleeps with the fishes. I mean, to me, that just doesn't sound right. I mean, I get it. It's clever, but meh, I'll give that a nay. All right, let's see this fun cold open. So, yeah, uh, to set the scene up, we got Jesse just in that corner area to the right of the stairs. He's got his band set up. We got the lady with the strawberry blonde hair, curly hair. She's there. We got Michelle with her little red guitar, which has no strings on it. It's a, it's a toy. And they finish this whatever song this might have been. And Jesse picks her up and, like, uh, kind of, like, he, like, picks her up and, you know, lifts her up above him, and then he puts her over on the couch. He's like, oh, that was nice song playing, or nice guitar playing, Michelle. <laughs> and Michelle says, Jesse and the Rippers and Michelle. <laughs> so... Jesse's like, oh, any requests? And Michelle, she's the only one there with them. She puts her hand in the thing. Is it's funny because she does this in other seasons. Oh, gosh, what? Oh, yeah, it was uh, the season five episode with uh, Miss Wiltrout. She was doing that. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> with the hand in the air. And Jesse's like, oh, yes, the girl in the pink ensemble. And she says, play the Dua Diddy song. And Jesse's like, oh, okay, we can do that song, but we need a really short backup singer. And then Michelle's hand in the air, ooh, and Jesse's like, yes, the same girl in the pink ensemble. <laughs> and she puts her like, I'm short. <laughs> and Jesse says, would you do us the honor and sing with us, please? And Michelle says, it would be my pleasure. <laughs> says, come on down, babe. So he's got to lower it just enough so that way she can reach the microphone. Apparently, <laughs> might as well just hand her the mic because she looks up at it. It's still a good, like, three to four inches above her head. And she looks at Jesse and says, I told you I'm short. He hands her the microphone. He's like, all right, Michelle, count us off. And she says, one, two, buckle my shoe. <laughs> it's just funny because <laughs> I'm just remembering when they played this song during the I'm There For You Babe season 2 episode and it's just I mean it sounds a lot better when he's got his band with him <laughs> just thinking of Danny and Joey and Becky and DJ and Stephanie up there on stage oh and Kimmy was there playing keyboards yeah I just <laughs> I just remembered that oh, that was funny Same lady in the same pink ensemble. I'm short. Well, 
would you do us the honor and sing with us, please? It would be my pleasure. Come on now, babe. Go. All right. I told you I'm short. <laughs> my mistake, sorry. All right, there you go. All right, Michelle, count us off. One, two, buckle my shoe. <laughs> No. I said, hit a boy. Well, someone's got an attitude. Watching, you can see the. I don't know which Olsen twin, whether it's Ashley or Mary Kate, but um, you can definitely see that they are looking off stage at whoever is directing them on this scene. I mean, her eyes are like literally like looking where we can't follow. So, <laughs> but yeah, oh my god, Michelle with the attitude. I'm just like, uh, it's. Cute as I would have thought as a kid, and just like, eh. but then again, that's just the Michelle character. She runs that house basically, and that was the goal of it. I I thought those those guys. Well, after they did the do I did it, like okay, we do one and stuff. But it's like, is this rehearsal just like babysitting Michelle? I mean, I don't know if they got a gig coming up, but it's like, well, we do only have you know we do have other you know our own lives. We have jobs. We have families. We can carve out a spot of time for this hobby, but we're not going to help you babysit this little four-year-old. <laughs> uh, you know, that they, I mean, they do this for, I mean, I can see one song, but they're like, okay, Teapot song. Like, okay, I said, are you ready? Like, okay, Michelle, calm down, pumpkin. See, that's the thing that when they finally discipline Michelle, when Danny finally does discipline her in this season, crimes in Michelle's demeanor, it's like, she's four. This should have started much earlier. And I always, you know, whenever I bring this up to Jeremy and whether you guys agree or not, I'm like, if Pam had lived, Michelle would not. She would not be anything like this. With the attitude. I mean, it's one thing to have an attitude, but like I said, she rules that house. She's got everyone under her thumb. And I'm just like, no, no, Pam would not be putting up with that. Mm-mm, no. 
he, she, also would not be letting DJ go to a frat party. Mm-mm. It's really, and the thing is, you think about it, if Pam had lived, that whole, this whole dynamic would not exist. Jesse would probably, you know, he and Becky most likely would not have met. He still would have been on the road with his band. He would have been coming and going from, you know, coming over for Thanksgiving, Christmas, maybe sending birthday cards in, in the mail and stuff. Joey would probably be coming over for, you know, family get-togethers, you know, holidays, barbecues, what have you. But the girls would not have as tight and um, close of a relationship with the guys as as they have here because they're there. They're seeing them all the time and everything like that. And it just, wow. And just, it almost just makes me really curious to see if we didn't have this aspect, what would this family aspect be if Pam Tanner had lived? How different would the girls be and everything? I'm just, yeah. All right. So we get some adorable fiance time with Jesse and Becky on the couch and Becky's reminding him like oh Jess just think in a week a week from today we'll be saying I do and Jesse playing dumb like I do what and she's like come on you know I'd be just like oh a week a week away I would be scram I wouldn't even there would be no time to be dilly-dallying you'd be just making sure everything's getting done making sure everything you know Crossing your T's, dotting your I's, all that good stuff. <laughs> she hits him in the side of the face with a throw pillow. Oh, uh, she's like, yeah, you know, our big wedding day. There'll be music. There'll be cake. There'll be our family will be there. There'll be cake, music, oh, big square dance, and then she starts talking about others. It's the same thing where you're thinking if you lump the one thing, you want to surprise something like. Like, throw it in there. Kind of like in the next episode when I cover I'm Not DJ. Where she's like, okay, we'll go to the mall. We'll do this. We'll do this. Get my ears pierced. We'll do this. And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Big square dance. Photography. And Jesse's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say square and dance in the same sentence? She says, oh, oh, did I forget to mention that? She says, oh, it's just my family just tops off every great bash with a good old rousing square dance. A Donaldson tradition. And Jesse says, yeah, and the Kostopolis have a tradition too. Every Christmas, my Uncle Nick tries to balance a ham on his forehead. I don't... Come on, we've seen Nick, okay? We've seen Nick Kostopolis from season two and three... And, and, you know, actually the wedding, which is the, the two-part wedding, is directly after this episode. And that is the very last time you see Nick and Irene Katsopoulos. They are, they're gone. I mean, you hear Irene, like, kind of on the phone during season five when she and Becky's mom are debating, like, how to take care of the ki the twins, which I don't understand why we couldn't at least brought, I mean, I get it, because Becky's family is in Nebraska, but at least Jesse's family, I mean, Nick, at least, I mean, definitely, you know, you get to see your namesake and all that stuff, and it's just like, hey, 
But come on, writers. Unless this is like an Uncle Nick on his mom's side, maybe? I don't know. And Jesse's like, but that doesn't mean we have to do it at our, our wedding. Like, with the whole, you know, Uncle Nick balancing a ham on his forehead. It's like, I don't understand. You are marrying someone that does have their own family traditions. You are coming together as man and wife. Just, it's called compromising. Seriously. I remember when, you know, at my wedding reception and stuff, you know, they do the dances and all that. The father-mother, the, the um, mother-and-son dance, the father-daughter dance, the husband-wife dance, all that good stuff. And then, oh, my God, I remember, gosh, I remember, they had that chicken dance playing, and I was going to sit it out. But then Nicole, my sister, Nicole, she grabs my arms like, no, 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 you're not getting out of this. This is your wedding day. Get in here. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, the chicken dance. You know, one thing, and we did, I don't believe, well, I don't know what happened after Jeremy and I left for our honeymoon, but um, there was more dancing taking place, apparently. But usually I'm from, at weddings, the few that I've been to, or at least, you know, growing up and whatnot, they played YMCA and, Shell. well, they definitely played YMCA, just not at my wedding. But I'm just like, it seems like those are staple songs. YMCA cause, and Shout. But, I mean, come on. It, I've seen, I've done Squirty. I mean, that was a thing in either elementary school or junior high phys ed, PE class. I mean, that's just what you did. And if that's something that she does, why not, you know, for heaven's sake, no one's going to be laughing at you. You're going to be having a fun time. Granted, I mean, they don't do the square dance. Because like I said, that house is so packed with people that you can't, basically cannot even move. You're just, yeah. Jess, in one week we'll be saying, I do. I do what? <laughs> oh, that I do, right. Yeah, you remember our wedding? All our friends will be there. Wedding cake, there'll be music, the big square dance, photography. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> Did you just say square and dance in the same sentence? <laughs> Oh, did I forget to mention that? Oh. <laughs> well, it's just, uh, my family always tops off every big bash with a good old-fashioned square dance. You know, kind of a Donaldson tradition. Yeah, well, the Kitsabos just have a tradition, too. Every Christmas, my uncle Nick tries to balance a ham on his forehead. <laughs> that doesn't mean we have to do it at our wedding. <laughs> oh. So the family returns. Of course, Danny's got a little white bear stuffed animal. And he's talking about, oh, you know, I, and he's being sarcastic, too. He's like, you know, love carnivals. He's like, oh, gee, I love carnivals. The chili dogs, the fudge, cotton candy, the nachos. Rides that go round and round. Why was he even on the rides? I mean, I get it, you know, because I'm sure Michelle's like, oh, daddy, go on the ride with me. And then he starts talking about all the symptoms from all the food that he ate and then the rides he went on, like the cramps, the gas, the nausea. He's going to take, like, some Pepto or something. 
Isn't that the thing is, like, you go on the rides and then you eat? Because you're not eating and then going on rides. Or if you are, let your stomach settle, walk around for a bit, take a rest. That's why, I mean, Jeremy and I went to Galveston to Pleasure Pier, and that's it's really cool. It's got some rides on there. You know, mainly, you know, they're little kid rides. They have a carousel and, well, they have the sea dragon and some other couple things. But I'm just like, you know, my, my amusement park ride days, those are long gone. I'm just, I'm not into that anymore. And thankfully, neither is Jeremy. Because I'm just like, I'm not, I don't want to do that. Plus, you know, it's just, I was there to check out the food booths. And... They ha I almost, I almost got a um, Oreo-filled funnel cake. But I'm like, you know what? No. I'll just get a $5 bag of cotton candy instead. And then a drink, which they didn't have a top for. I'm like, oh, does this drink have, like, a top to it? They just fill up, like, one of those, like, movie theater-type cup things. Like, oh, here you go. Just a paper cup thing. And I'm just like, okay, great. I hope I don't spill it all over. <laughs> and then I did the, um, because I wanted to play a carnival game. And I said, oh, I want to do that guess your weight, guess your age thing. And Jeremy's like, I don't know. Do you really want to do that? I'm like, at least. So they guess your age and your, like, your date of, your birth month. So I get up there and the guy's like, okay. Your age is 25? And I'm like, no, I'm 39. <laughs> wow. If I can pass for 25, I mean, people have said I look young for my age. And then he said, of course, let me guess. Okay, I have one more chance. Your birthday is in October? And I'm like, no, it's August. But that's the thing, though. It doesn't it seem like anybody could lie. I mean, unless the guy, he's not. And the thing that I got, it's like this, like, rainbow-haired unicorn inflatable thing that already was losing air before I even got off Pleasure Pier. I had to, like, inflate it like I have. It's... <laughs> uh, but, hey, Jeremy did get a picture of it with himself so yeah it was cool I mean when I went last year with my sister we stayed on the other side in our view you were able to see Pleasure Pier all lit up and the thing is when we checked into the hotel I'm like well wait a minute it was like after that like wait didn't we or have a king size bed because we were in a room with you know two queen size beds I'm like Okay, and it just, and the thing is, when I booked the hotel, I booked it based on the fact of the picture, I was hoping we'd get a, because we were very close to Pleasure Pier, like an eighth of a mile, not even that, we just walk across the street, and there it is, but it's just, I went to the window, and I'm like, we didn't even have a view of anything, we had a view of like, the other side of the hotel, or something, the pool and the parking lot. I'm like, I know that usually until you check, you're, they're not going to sign your room until then. And the, the elevators were weird, and it's just, I, I would never go back to this hotel ever. I just, I was not happy with it. The 
hotel room that we were in, the door did not even have a deadbolt on it. And I asked Jeremy, like, should we get another room or something? Or, I mean, the room was clean, but it's just, just those little things. And it's just like, oh, never ever book a room based on a picture on the website. Because you're not, odds are you're, I mean, unless they didn't have any king-sized beds available, I don't know. But, um. That's the first time that we've stayed in a hotel since we lived in a hotel over a year ago for for four months. So, no. <laughs> I would never recommend that place down in Galveston. Bubba Gump was cool, though. Um, I killed it during... And the thing is, when I went there with my sister last year, we were never asked, like, trivia by, by the server... And this time, between Jeremy and I, we got it. Even the really hard question, apparently, that no one's been able to get for, like, ten years, according to the server, was in the bar on New Year's Eve, who are the two ladies that come up to Lieutenant Dan? And I swear, I've seen Forrest Gump a billion times, basically. The movie can recite itself in my head. That's exactly what that scene was playing out in my head, and I nailed that question. I was like, oh my gosh! <laughs> it was so cool. It was so cool. And definitely, definitely, um, yeah. Did good. Did good. Bubba Gump was good. Um, we also went to, where else did we go? I'm sorry, guys. I'll get back to the episode. Oh, we went to Wendy's, like, twice because it was right near the hotel. We only stayed for two nights, so... It was cool. I mean, getting there was a monster because we left on a Saturday. And we were stuck and I felt like we were stuck. It took us like, for a trip that was supposed to be like maybe five hours, it took us like, we left at 11 and we got there probably just before six. And the trip was not, but there was a major backup shifting of traffic somewhere along Houston or maybe it was just after that. It felt like we were kind of just there for almost an hour. But on the way back, it's like, it's Monday, it's Monday morning, boom, everyone's like going to work, school, what have you. And it was just a lot easier, a lot faster than going to Galveston. But um, yeah, overall it was a good trip, had a fun time. So next place I want to go, I want to go to San Antonio this fall, so, um, and Jeremy and I have never been, so I think that would be really cool. Alright guys, I've talked enough about that, so let's get back to this episode. And Michelle, of course, got a little fish. And Joey prompts her and says, well, tell them how you got that little fishy. And Michelle says, I threw a ball into his bowl. That's dangerous. I mean, they're throwing little, like, ping pong type bowls, balls into these little fish bowls, probably giving these poor little fish, like, scaring them to death. Get, oh my goodness. Michelle looks so adorable here in her little jean jacket. And it's kind of got, like, stripes of red running down just on the sides there. And she's wearing a red shirt with a red belt and blue jeans. It's just really color coordinated and then she's got this little um 
it's like a rainbow colored like gift bow type bow on her head. It's just really, really cute. I definitely think so far she's in the running for best outfit of the episode. And Becky's like, oh, good job. Good for you, Michelle. And Danny says, yeah, at a quarter a throw, it only cost me $18.50. Okay, I need to find out. I'm going to find out how many throws that was. 74, guys. 74 throws to get that fish. My goodness. Who was th- Michelle, clearly. <laughs> Someone was throwing it. It took 74 times. My goodness. So Jesse's like, congratulations, Michelle. You got your very first pet. I mean, I guess, but wouldn't Comet technically be? Or is he more referred to as the family pet? Like, he's everyone's pet. Whereas this is Michelle's own personal pet. And she's got this little plastic white clear bag with a fish that's got a bit of water in it and she looks at the fish and says you're gonna sleep in my bed no it ain't no it's not and i guess <laughs> joey takes the bag from michelle and says oh, i don't know about that would you like to sleep in michelle's bed flipper and he does the little dolphin like mouth like And Joey says, let's go find the fish a fishbowl, which they just so happen to have already in the house. Probably because maybe DJ or Stephanie at one point maybe had a fish. Oh, gee, I love carnivals. The chili dogs, the fudge, the cotton candy, the nachos, the rides that go round and round, the cramps, the gas, the nausea. Excuse me. And tell them how you won that fishy. I threw a ball into his bowl. Good shot. Yeah, at a quarter of throw, it only cost me eighteen fifty. Congratulations, Michelle. You got your very first pet. You won't sleep in my bed. Oh, I don't know about that. Would you like to sleep in Michelle's bed, Flipper? <laughs> Let's go find him a fishbowl. Come on. Okay. So Becky asks... The obvious question, oh, where are the other girls, where are the girls, like DJ and Stephanie? And Danny says, oh, DJ's outside saying goodbye to a boy she met at the carnival. This doesn't make any sense. Like, I okay, so let's just say it's a carnival that's nearby. And the kid went by himself, the boy, Bobby went by himself, and he lives like a handful of houses down. And it was cool. Like, oh, yeah, my parents won't mind. Yeah, if you want to. Sure, sure. That's fine. There's plenty of room, Bobby. <laughs> Come on. No. This doesn't make any sense. Why would you bring him home with you? And Jesse asked Danny, like, what, you're not out there watching her every move? And Danny's like, hey, I know how to spy on DJ. I told Stephanie to do, to do it, basically. Yeah, Stephanie's a little, uh. The little watchdog there. She's like, err. I mean, Stephanie is fascinated by her older sister, so it didn't take much from Danny. Like, hey, do you want to hang out here, you know, uh, while we go inside? Just kind of keep an eye on DJ and this boy? Thank you. Like, oh, don't worry. Yeah, you don't even have to pay me. I'll do it for free. Okay, so let's look at this Bobby here. We got a black backwards hat. We got a... 
tannish brown leather jacket. We got a canary yellow polo shirt underneath that leather jacket. And apparently he won her an adorable little white dog with a black splotch on its eye. And he's like, I had a really great time today. And she's, DJ's just spinning like, oh, so did I, Bobby. I mean, he's a cute kid. Don't get me wrong. He's adorable. I'd probably be crushing on him at, at uh, DJ's age, too. But uh, there's not a lot going for this kid as far as he's got a one-track mind. And when I say track, I mean car. He's got a car mind, and that's all that matters to him. Of course, here we go. Stephanie inserts herself. So did I, Bobby. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got it so far. Somebody is in the running for the worst outfit of the episode. And that is going to go to Stephanie. She's in the running right now. It's not 100% clear in case someone comes in that has a worse outfit than her. But it's a purple, sh like a lavender purple shirt plum. Well, not plum. Lavender. And it's a... It's uh, like a head of hair with a bow, like blonde head of hair with a bow on it. There's no face. Is this the one that's got the uh, 3D like braid sticking out of it? It's just really, it's gaudy. I'm not a fan of it. She's got a matching purple scrunchie in her hair. But she really wants to make herself known. Okay, um, yeah, about <laughs> this, we already got a second runner up. DJ's. She's wearing an olive green jacket, but it's the shirt she's wearing underneath. It looks like something, no offense grandmas out there, it does look like something a 65 or 75-year-old lady, a grandma type would wear. It's turtleneck, it's kind of an off-cream white, it's got like burgundy color like rose flowers with like greenish vines that kind of match the coats but dj yank yanks stephanie away he's like stephanie what are you still doing here oh my gosh we get a clear picture of the shirt okay so there is a head underneath underneath on stephanie's shirt of it's the three it's a 3d like Yarn yellow hair with a pink bow with white polka dots on top. It is beyond ugly. You couldn't pay me even as a child to wear that shirt, even for an hour. It's horrible and horrendous and just bleh. Yeah, Stephanie says, oh, we were having so much fun. I figured it wouldn't be the same without me. This Kid actor, the way that we hear this vehicle drive by, the way he like turns on a dime, like, wow, did you see that? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, one track mind Bobby here. <laughs> 71 Corvette. How close are they to the road from that, the the steps on the, of the, yeah, it's just, it, <sighs> It's almost like he was looking for an excuse to, like, get, like, uh, anything else. I mean, the girl's cute and everything, but I'm just really into cars. Yeah, and he's talking about details of a car that, how close 
And you just, when you hear them, it would have been there and gone in like a half a split second. That he's talking about detail. This kid's probably got every car magazine memorized. But he's talking about an overhead cam, dual exhaust, dual, man dual manifold? I don't even know what that is. But then again, I don't know a whole really much about cars. Dual overhead cam, dual manifold. Ass packs on the muffler. What? I don't even know what those are. Okay. And the kid I noticed is wearing a gold chain underneath his yellow. Uh... Actually, it's not a canary yellow. It's more of a mustard yellow polo. He's so jazzed about it. He's like, awesome! Like, Okay, calm down, Bobby. Calm down. It's just a car. And DJ is just like, oh, but this boy is so cute. Yeah! Totally! Like, it's like what someone would say if they knew nothing. Like, they're feigning, faking interest just to, to impress. Like, this guy could have been obsessed with, like, Dracula films and everything. And she would be like, yeah, wow, totally, yes, Th that's amazing. And Bobby's like, oh, wow, you like cars? And Teacher's like, yeah, I love cars. He's like, well, what's your favorite kind of car? And DJ's like, uh, red. <laughs> yeah, that narrows it down. And even Stephanie's like rolling her eyes like, oh, please. Yeah, so he's like, oh, so uh, what's your favorite car? And DJ's like, uh, red, basically, yeah. And he's like, oh, you mean the new red Porsche 911 Turbo? Of course, DJ's like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. He's like, I want a Porsche 911 Turbo so bad. And he's like, oh, all I need is my driver's license. And $80,000. Mind you, this is, what, 91, right? How much would that vehicle, I mean, depending on if it's, a, like, a 91, how much would that vehicle be by today's standards? I can't even imagine. I mean, if it's $80,000 in 91, oh, my goodness. That is insane. Who's paying that for a car? Who needs to? You can buy two cars for $40,000. Right, Quinn? Yep. She's sleeping. And Bobby said, hey, I'll call you tomorrow. We can talk about cars. Oh, God. So, yeah, this kid is just, I guess, walking down the street to wherever he lives, I guess. I mean, unless he's like, oh, yeah, I'll ride home with you, and then I can take a trolley to my house or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, all right, see you then. And he leaves. And he's like, okay, see ya. Stephanie's got a little bear, like a little, like, uh, tawny-colored bear. And Stephanie, at this point, this is season four, so she's not big. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Let me go back here. Yeah, let me go back. Because, um... Okay, so that is episode da, 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 17, right? Um, 
Okay, Stephanie plays the field isn't until episode 22. Okay, I was going to say, if I, you know, she's not there yet in the boy crazy type area yet that she'll be later on in a handful of episodes. So she starts imitating DJ. Oh, Bobby, I just love cars. Ugh. And Stephanie's like, Barfarama. Like, ugh. I think it's not the fact that he's a boy. I think it's the fact that She's kind of telling DJ, like, you're better than this, right? I mean, you're not just going to go for a guy just because he's into something you're not into. You're, <coughs> excuse me, feigning interest in something. <coughs> excuse me, because the boy is cute. Seriously. No. Mm-mm. It's one thing to, um, I mean... This is just a boy that DJ met. She'll, we'll never see him again. But, um, so, it's not like she's in a relationship where it's like, hey, we both like different things. I can pretend to like what you like to make you happy. Or, you know, we can compromise. What, whatever, whatever. But, um, yeah, just don't... Say just because, oh, this person is attractive, they're cute, I want to, like, keep this going, even though they have a one-track mind, that they're only focused on one thing. I mean, if all Jeremy liked was video games, and he couldn't get his mind off, and, like, one-track mind type of thing, where no other interests, just, no, I would not be about that, that the our relationship would have fizzled before it even happened. <laughs> Luckily, I mean, Jeremy does have other interests, even though our interests are different, but, um, yeah. I think it's fun, honestly, to have someone that's into different things, so that way it keeps things interesting. You're always learning something new about the person. Who are the girls? Oh, DJ's out saying goodbye to a boy she met at the carnival. <laughs> You're not out there watching her every move? Hey, I don't have to spy out DJ. I told Stephanie to spy on her. <laughs> I had a really great day today. So did I, Bobby. So did I, Bobby. <laughs> Stephanie, what are you still doing here? Well, DJ, the three of us were having so much fun. It just wouldn't be the same without me. Wow, did you see that 71 Corvette go by? No. Overhead cam, dual manifold, glass packs on the muffler. Awesome. Yeah, totally. Do you like cars, too? No. Are you kidding? I love cars. I hate them. Oh, please. So, what's your favorite car? Uh, red. Oh, you mean the new red Porsche 911 Turbo? Yeah, that's the one. I want a Porsche 911 Turbo so bad. All I need is my driver's license and $80,000. Hey, I'll call you tomorrow. We can talk about cars. Great. I'll talk to you then. All right, see ya. Bye. think about it I mean with Stephanie calling DJ out like why are you saying you're into something when you're truly not you're gonna be found out anyway whereas in Stephanie plays the field she's into Brett or Brett Brett <laughs> and she takes a baseball and Rusty's like you're only into baseball because Brett's into baseball or he plays baseball 
So, and then Stephanie finds out she has a hidden talent known as the Tanner Twister. She throws a wicked curveball. But, I mean, but she's still into baseball. We see in um, season six with the dating game. So, I like that they kind of carry that through. Unlike DJ, who's just liking something because she doesn't want this boy to not be into her. I don't know. One, two, and the thing is with this, it seems like this is kind of a a Joey and Michelle kind of thing with the fish, whereas Jesse and Danny don't come in until after the whole uh, tragic events of Martin Tanner, his ending. And she's got that little table that normally is like in the kitchen or it's somewhere and she's looking at there's a close-up shot of her looking into the fishbowl and making like fish lips at, at Martin the fish although he hasn't been named yet so he's just the fish so Joey's like oh look how happy that fish is Michelle he's grinning from gill to gill and Michelle asks a question, which I don't know how this would even be done. She asks, is this a boy fish or a girl fish? Okay, so she just, yeah, he's like, okay, well, what are you going to name your fish? And then that, I guess, deciding what she names is going to be the fish's gender. She's like, hmm, I'm going to name him Martin. Now, let me look. Was the show Martin? Because I watched Fox from, like, age nine onward because we didn't have cable till I was 14. I watched I watched a lot of Fox by the way. Um <laughs> Martin. Oh it came out in 92. Okay well then I don't know what her reference is for Martin. So and Joey's like alright well then he's a boy fish. <laughs> and Joey says mm, Martin Fish sounds like my accountant. And Joey asks a question we're all wondering. Well, why did you come up with that name? And Michelle says, well, because that's his name. It's like, why are you questioning me? That's his name. I named him. You don't have to ask me why or how I came up with it. <laughs> so clearly it's not from the show Martin because that show, like I said, didn't exist for at least another year. I don't know. And Joey smacks his forehead like, but sorry, dumb question. Okay, now, Michelle, I want you to understand that owning a pet is a very big responsibility. Especially because that sole responsibility of this fish is going to be put on your shoulders. And Joey tells her it's going to be your job to feed him every single day. She is four. That is a lot to put on a kid. I mean, unless he, like, puts, like, but then again, she can't read yet. Um, I was going to say put a note by above the fish thing that says feed Martin. But I mean, if she can't read yet, then that note is pretty much not going to do anything. Um, yeah, that's just a big responsibility that a four. I mean, even with a fish, I mean, you got to give it. And the thing is that bowl that fish is in, that normally should be temporary. That's probably why these fish die when they're put in little fish bowls because there is not a lot of room. The The water can get, you know, icky gross after a while. That's why it's probably be better to have more room like an aquarium where they can move around. They can hide from predators or people looking in 
their fish tank and everything like that. It just, you know, and yeah, it just seems like that should just be as a temporary housing situation until you get like an even a small aquarium, whatever, just something bigger than a little like fish bowl. And Michelle says, oh, you can have all my vegetables. And Joey said, well, that's very generous. But, you know, I think we're going to stick with fish food. And he's like, all you do is you just take a smidge, little pinch, just like that, in between your thumb and index finger, and you just put it there and watch him swim to the surface so he can uh, suck down those uh, fish food flakes. Two, another thing is, if you give it too much, you're going to cloud up that water, and that's another way. Well, I only had, okay, so I had gotten two fish. This is back when I was, like, 19, 20 years old. And I got them in a fishbowl. Again, one lived for a couple days, died. The other one lived for, I don't even know if it was, a, it might have been at least a month. And then, of course, it died because I just had... Like a fish, I would, um, um, I was just thinking of something, um, now I lost my train of thought. I'm sure it'll come back to me eventually. So, and he does explain to her that you have to keep his bowl clean, just like people, fish need to be clean, they like to be clean. Which is something I would have explained, like, honey, okay, so what's gonna happen is, you know, once a week we do need to clean, you know, his little bowl so I will show when it's time to do that I will show you how we clean the bowl but he's he's dumping all this responsibility onto his four-year-old shoulder like, you gotta feed him every day you gotta keep and he says you gotta keep him clean because fish like to be clean and clearly Michelle's gonna associate that with oh yeah clean like you know taking a bath or, a, you know, something like that. And she's like, okay, pinch of food, keep him clean. You got it, dude. She throws her thumb out. Oh, she picks up. This makes me nervous because it just looks like she could easily drop this bowl. And the water would go all over the carpet and the fish would just, yeah. So she turns with the bowl in her hand, and Joey's like, oh, honey, where are you going? And she says, I'm taking Martin for a walk. And Joey's like, well, Michelle, just to let you know, if it doesn't have legs, you don't walk it. And Michelle's info dump overload. She's there's so much to remember. And the way <laughs> when she picks that bowl up, you do see the fish go to the top of the bowl. Like, oh, no, what's going on? Oh, my gosh, I don't trust this child to take care of me. Oh, my gosh, she's going to drop me. I feel it. I feel it. This poor fish. <laughs> this poor fish. So she sets the bowl down on the table again and just makes fish faces at it. Look how happy that fish is, Michelle. He's grinning from gill to gill. Is it a boy fish or a girl fish? Well, what are you going to name your fish? I'm going to name you Martin. <laughs> then it's a boy fish, Martin Fish. Sounds like my accountant. <laughs> Why'd you come up with the name Martin? Because that's his name. Sorry, dumb question. Now, Michelle, owning a pet is a big responsibility. It's going to be your job to feed him every single day. 
He can have all my vegetables. Well, it's very generous of you, Michelle, but I think Martin prefers fish food. So you give him one little pinch every single day. And you have to keep his bowl clean, because just like people, fish like to be clean. Pinch of food, keep them clean. You got it, dude. Michelle, where are you going? I'm taking Martin for a walk. First rule of pet care, Michelle. If they don't have legs, you don't walk them. There's so much to remember. So, Jesse created a little lazy Susan for his combs, and he's got his cologne and his other, you know, hair hair care products and stuff. Oh, that's pretty creative. I like that. Uh, with a little, uh, little mini boombox. Oh, great, you're not busy. I thought we could practice our square dancing. There's like no, <laughs> that room of Jesse's, I mean, it's not like the, the Golden Girls room, you know, Blanche and Sophia and Dorothy and Rose, where their rooms are so large that they can have a full love seat in there along with a nice sized bed. But Jesse has got his drum set in there as well. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it's taking up so much space. To mention it's practically right up against the closet, so good luck getting anything out of there. So yeah, she sets the mini boombox on Jesse's nightstand, and she hits play on the tape inside, and it's doing the little country twang, you know that thing. That song, and Jesse kind of looks up and turns and just. But he looks freaked out, like, oh, no, please, no, no, I don't want, I can't do this, I can't. <laughs> oh, we're, re oh, my goodness, I thought we covered the square dancing thing, that we weren't going to do this. <sighs> he looks full on frightened. <laughs> he says, what the hee-haw is that? And she says, it's time for your square dancing lesson. And he's like, oh, you know how much I would love to just stay here and square dance, but I've got something more important to do as he shuts that music off. He says, I'm very, very busy right now. I love how Becky says this. Jess, you're playing with your hairbrushes. <laughs> she goes to touch one, he like smacks her hand. Don't, 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 don't touch. I have everything the way it needs to be. Everything's centered at a certain degree angle here just please don't touch it took me hours to perfect this please don't touch it he says i just added a lazy susan to my hair accoutrement center for easy access how many this kind of goes in the line with i don't know whether this guy having so many different combs like different types kind of makes me think of you know women with shoes and i don't have a, a closet full of shoes i have a pair of crocs i have fleece line crocs i have work shoes i have closed you know shoes that you know i go out in and then i think that's it and then i have like some slip-on shoes i have like five or six pairs of shoes that's not much i mean that honestly that's that's pretty decent you gotta have you know your crocs for when it's you know, someone's hot out. So your feet can breathe. Um, and then, of course, you got to have the fleece lined for, like, indoor wear or, 
you know, when it gets colder out and you're like going to get the mail, like, I don't really want to get dressed up, go out and get the mail. And then, you know, also for, you know, slippers, you know, for moving around the, you know, air, the home and everything. You don't want to bang your bare feet on any corners or anything like that because you know that happens. And, yeah, just something simple. Just slip on and go. Boom. You know? Exactly. He's got, like, a couple glass bottles of cologne and one that looks like it could be mousse. So, yeah, he's got a system. He's perfected it. And, yeah. So, DJ comes in wearing that turtleneck that I don't like. And she Uncle Jesse, I need you. And Becky says, not now, Deej. He's accoutrementing. I want to look up what that word means. Okay, accoutrement. Additional items of dress or equipment or other items carried or worn by a person or used for a particular activity. So, DJ clarifies, like, oh, no, I just need to borrow some car magazines. Like, oh, okay. And he just happens to have them out on this chair that's near his bed. Like, oh, yeah, since, uh, what are you into car magazines? And DJ says, you know, I decided I'm kind of in a rut. I need a new hobby. And Jesse can see right through, like, who's the boy? And Becky kind of tries to turn this into... Something like, oh, because she's a girl, she can't be interested in cars? Is that what you're trying to tell me? And DJ's like, his name's Bobby. Yeah, because the way that Jesse kind of looks over his shoulder, like, at DJ, kind of like, is this, are you into cars? Because she's like, no, no, his, his name's Bobby. No. Yeah, her new hobby is Bobby. <laughs> That's her new hobby. <laughs> And one of the magazines reads auto news. And I love how D uh, J Jesse just kind of, <laughs> see, Becky, I told you, do, do I know my niece or what? And DJ's, this is her dilemma. She's like, he's calling tomorrow and I told him I knew everything about cars. DJ, why would you do this? Why? I know you think he's cute. He's an okay looking kid. But seriously? This kid's got a one-track mind, and it ain't on girls, it's on cars. So, yeah, this kind of delves into the whole thing with uh, Becky teaching, wanting Jesse to partake in this square dancing lesson. And he's like, Dee, just great. You know, I always liked it when girls would be interested in things that, uh, you know, I'm into. And yeah, Jesse and Becky, this leads to an argument. She's like, yeah, but she didn't, shouldn't pretend to like something just to make someone else happy. And Jesse's like, oh, so that also applies to square dancing, right? So I don't have to do that. Oh, really? So then I guess that takes me off the square dancing look. Uh, hook, huh? And she's like, oh, no, no. No, you're, you're still doing that. <laughs> I don't care if you hate it. You're doing it. Yeah, she, oh no, that's different. You don't have to pretend that you like it. I don't care if you hate it. It's happening. Yeah, they start arguing. <laughs> say, oh, come on. It's like, Jesse, just do this. Come on. Come on now. I didn't want to do the chicken dance, but I did it because it was my wedding reception. <laughs> and DJ's like, you guys act like you're married already. 
as after DJ walks out, Chester's like, no, I'm putting my foot down. And Becky's like, all right, now that's a good start. Now put your hands on your hips. <laughs> oh, good. You're not busy. I've got a surprise for you. Oh, gosh, no, I'd love to sit around and uh, square dance with you, but I'm very, very busy right now. Jess, you're playing with your hairbrushes. <laughs> <laughs> Just added a lazy Susan to my hair Cooterman Center for easy access. Watch this. You need a comb? Bada boom. You're right there. Uncle Jesse, I need you. Not now, Deej. He's very busy at Cooterminting. I just need to borrow some of your car magazines. Car magazines? Shit. When are you interested in cars, Deej? Well, I decided I'm in a rut. I need a new hobby. Who's the boy? Wait a minute. Are you saying that just because she's a girl, she can't be interested in cars? His name's Bobby. Yeah. Mm. He's calling tomorrow, and I told him I knew everything about cars. Oh, that's cool, Deej. I always liked it when the girls were interested in the same thing I was. Yeah, but she shouldn't pretend to like something just to make someone else happy. Really? So I guess that takes me off the square dancing hook then, huh? Oh, no. No, that's different. You don't have to pretend you like it. I don't care if you hate it. You're still doing it. Oh, come on! Yes, you know, I'm not going to swear dance. Look, this is a witch. You just sound like you're married already. That's a good start. Now you put your hands on your hips. Wow, that tub has a lot of water in it. Because Michelle is in the bathroom. That tub is filled with bubbly, soapy water. She's got a bunch of bath toys in there. And Joey immediately is like, Michelle, what's going on? You know you're not allowed to take a bath unless someone is in here making sure that something doesn't happen to you. And Michelle turns, yeah, he says, you know, you're not supposed to be taking a bath, you know, by yourself alone without someone, you know, taking care of you. And she turns around and says, I'm not. And Joey says, well, I see a tub full of bubbles and uh, bath toys. And uh, he sees on the hamper, the towel hamper, an empty fish bowl. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That poor fish. Oh, my gosh. And then she probably put, like, warm, hush, hot water. That poor fish. Oh, my gosh, that poor fish. Oh, Martin. And he pulls the fishbowl off the towel hamper and says, an empty fishbowl. Michelle, where's Martin? And, you know, she's just, you know, she's a little kid. She's like, oh, he's taking a bubble bath. And Joey rushes. Oh, like, oh my gosh, Martin, we got to get you out of here, buddy. Where are you? I can't see through the bubbles. He's like, oh my gosh, you're giving Martin a bath? <laughs> yeah, he goes over to the tub. He's like, oh, Martin, buddy, we got to get you out of here, pal. And Michelle says, oh, he's almost finished. And the audience is just like, oh, we just see Martin's sad body. Oh my gosh. And she says, I'm keeping him clean. And Joey looks at <laughs> Martin in the fishbowl. Like, oh, he's clean. <laughs> As a doorbell. Oh. Michelle immediately notices that Martin is not moving. He's just kind of floating. 
And Joey's like, no, honey, he's not. Asks, is he sleeping? And Joey, because he doesn't tell her the truth, like, oh, yeah, he's uh, taking a nap. And then he looks at Martin in the bowl. A very long nap. Ugh. Michelle takes the bowl from Joey and walks off. And says, you fell asleep in the bathtub. You're a silly fish. And Joey's kind of kicking himself. Now he's like, oh, why didn't... This is something that clearly you got a conference with Danny and Jesse on the right way to handle this. This is Michelle's first time with dealing with death, even though, yes, it is a pet. It's not a... It's still... She's going to feel responsible because Joey did put this responsibility on her shoulders. Michelle... You know you're not supposed to be taking a bath by yourself. I'm not. Well, I see a full bathtub with lots of bubbles in it. <laughs> An empty fish bowl. Michelle, where's Martin? He's taking a bubble bath. <laughs> you're giving Martin a bath? Oh, Martin, buddy, we gotta get you out of here, pal. He's almost finished. Keeping him clean. Yep, he's clean. As a doornail. He's not swimming. No, honey, he's not. Is he sleeping? Yeah, he's taking a nap. A very long nap. You fell asleep in the bathtub, you're a silly fish. <laughs> So, yeah, Joey's, like, pushing Jesse and Danny into Jesse's room. He says, guys, we have a problem. Now, brace yourselves. Martin Tanner is dead. And Danny's like, oh, no. I can't believe this. Wait, the poor little... Wait, who's Martin Tanner? And Joey says, Michelle's fish. And Jesse, <laughs> what everyone's like, he died already? He's like, isn't there like a six-hour warranty on those things? And Danny actually asked Joey, uh, are you sure he's dead? And Joey, he just seems so insulted, like, trust me, I know the difference. Live fish? And then he starts moving his, <laughs> flapping his arms like a fish. Martin Tanner, oh, he turns his head to the side, closes his eyes, and sticks his tongue, tongue out like, Ugh. And Jesse's like, well, how'd Michelle take it? And Joey says, well, fine for now. I mean, she just thinks he's sleeping. Great. <laughs> and Joey admits, like, well, I didn't have the heart to tell her that he's not waking up. And Jesse... <laughs> He's like, well, don't you think eventually she'll figure it out? I mean, he's got to be floating at the top of the bowl. Oh, Joey, come on now. He's like, hey, what if we uh, take a little raft and put him on it and just tell Michelle he's, like, working on his tan? First of all, how are you going to get a raft that tiny into that fishbowl? Exactly. And Danny, yeah, I get it. He's like, Joey, look, either way, this fish is not a fun pet anymore. 
I mean, yeah, if it's not moving. Gosh, it reminds me of that home improvement episode where Brad, it had to have been like season maybe one or two, where it might have been two. Or th- I don't know. Anyway, Brad was watching his girlfriend Jennifer's fish. And he stuck it too close to his, like, desk lamp. And, of course, I don't have to tell you what happened to the fish. And they went to the pet shop to, like, hey, let's uh, replace the fish. Couldn't do it because apparently the fish has got, like, a little black spot on it. Like an identifying mark. So, (laughs) Randy comes up with the idea of sticking... A little ball bearing in the fish's in the dead fish's mouth, and like, oh, it's just you know he'll be floating there. And I remember just the look on Jill's face when they are telling her what they did, and the horrified, disgusted look on her face. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, of course, when Jennifer gets back, it's like, oh, my gosh, you really were going to do that for me? Oh, thank you so much. Because Randy, like, has to stick up for his brother. Like, oh, the last thing he wanted to do was make you cry. (laughs) And they even, you know, the fact that they tried to go to the pet store and try to swap out the dead fish with the live fish didn't. Didn't work. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Because Brad had taken the fish out of the fishbowl and put it in his pocket for comparison's sake. Oh, my gosh. Jess, uh, Danny and Jesse feel like, um, you know, Michelle's a big girl. She's four. We'll just, you know, sit her down and explain to her the differences between life and death and all of that. That... You know, and they explain to her in ways that she can understand, because she is four. You know, the important thing is you wanted, you know, it was an accident. You didn't mean for this, you know, don't blame yourself, because she does. She blames herself when she learned. Well, I'm jumping ahead here. Yeah, Jesse was like, hey, Danny, tell us how it turns out, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Danny grabs Jesse by his the shoulder of his um, shirt and just kind of like, no, no, we're all going. This is a good lesson for all of us. And we're all co-parents here. We all have to to do this. Oh, Joey. <laughs> Guys, we got a problem. Now brace yourselves. Martin Tanner is dead. <laughs> oh, no, I can't believe this. The poor... Who's Martin Tanner? <laughs> Michelle's fish. He died already? Isn't there like a six-hour warranty on those things? You sure he's dead? Trust me, I know the difference. Live fish? Martin Tanner. Michelle, how's she taking it? Well, fine for now. She thinks he's just sleeping. I didn't have the heart to tell her that he's never waking up. I don't you think she'll figure it out? I mean, the thing's probably floating on top of the bowl. What do you guys think if maybe we just put him on a little rubber raft and, and tell her that he's working on his tan? Joey, either way, this fish is not a fun pet anymore. I think we better tell Michelle what really happened to Martin. Yeah, Danny's right. Michelle's a big girl. I think we ought to sit her down and explain to her the realities of life and death. Danny, tell us how it turns out. <laughs> Guys, come with me, please. Yeah, and, well, and the fact that Danny even says, you know, we need to explain to her what really happened. Because right now, really, all she thinks is Martin fell asleep in the bathtub. And... Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to explain to her what happened, why it happened, and also that this pet is not, pet is not coming back to life, sadly. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, as far as starter pets go, for and the thing is, with pets, still, you do not, especially a four-year-old, just like, it's your responsibility. You wanted, I mean, even in Fuller House, when... Max, who's eight, gets puppy Cosmo, and you're saying, this is going to be your responsibility, Max. It's going to be your job to feed and water it and take it for walks, clean up their poop, all that stuff. Still, at the end of the day, you realize an eight-year-old doing all of the... It's one thing to like help, help out have the dog be a family pet. So that everyone is taking part in taking care. You cannot just delegate 100% responsibility. It's your responsibility. Don't ask me to do anything for this animal. I'm not going to. You know, that could, no, 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 no. Even at eight, no. Because DJ's even like, well, Max wanted the dog, and here I am walking his dog and the, cleaning up after his dog. It's like, no. If you go and get a pet as a a family of three or a family of two or however, you realize that you can't put all that responsibility onto a child, even if this is a fish and she is four. That is still, you got to clean the bowl. You got to give it a pinch of food every day. A four-year-old, are they really going to remember that every day? I mean, you don't got to clean the bowl every day. But I just, like I said, that is just a temporary solution for the bowl is a, that's a temporary thing. It's basically a trip from wherever you're... No, that's the plastic bag. That is the trip to the place, to home. It's temporary, just like a fishbowl, until you get into the aquarium with more room to move and breathe and all that good stuff. So, yeah. So, Michelle's got... Yes, Martin, the fish, Martin Tanner is floating on the... <laughs> At the top of the bowl, yeah, at the water level. And she's got his fishbowl on the table. She's got Pinky the pig. Like, here you go, you can sleep with my pig. So the guys come in, and Danny tells Michelle, Sweetheart, there's something we have to tell you about Martin. And Michelle, of course, having observed Martin, he's an excellent sleeper. Well, he's sleeping on a sword. So, Danny, no, wait, a four-year-old is not going to understand this. Well, he says, Martin isn't sleeping. Freight's not sleeping. Martin is gone. And a, a child is not going to understand what gone means because he is physically right in front of her. Like, no, he's not. He's right here. And Danny's like, yes, in a physical sense, yes, but... Danny! Teaching philosophy here. He's like, yes, in the physical sense, he is here, but in another sense, he's everywhere. Oh! She <laughs> Even Jesse's like, Danny, they don't teach philosophy in preschool. They don't teach philosophy until kindergarten. So, Jesse wants to be short and sweet about this. Put it out there, lay it on the line, very direct with her. So Jesse kneels down to Michelle's level, puts a hand on her shoulder and says, Darling, I'm sorry to tell you, but your fishy is the best sleeper in town.
And well, and before he even says the best sleeper in town, you see Michelle looks like she is, I mean, she's got a serious, like, sad face. Like, someone is breaking, heartbreaking news to her. But it makes honest sense, in a way, for Joey to be the one to explain to her, because he was there when it happened. He was the one who witnessed, you know, well, this was after she put the fish in the bathtub and the bubbles and all that stuff. But he was there pulling the fish out of the water, pulling the fish's lifeless body out of the water into the, you know, glass fish bowl and everything. So, really, it makes sense to explain to her, okay, remember how I said that fish like to be clean like people? Well, honey, I should have also mentioned that fish don't take bubble baths. But before Joey goes into this explanation about what you do and don't do with the fish, he he goes the cartoon route, talking about Wile E. Coyote, like, remember when he falls off a cliff and he just hangs there in the air for a minute and then he splat, hits a rock or whatever, and then you see two little feet jump, pop out of the bottom, and the little accordion and he walks off. That's not a good explanation. It's just, no, Joey, you need to explain to her, just set... Paint the setting for her. Like, picture it. Bathroom. Picture it. You. Buy a filled bathtub of water with bubbles. Picture you with a glass fish bowl. Picture you putting fish into bubbly bath water. Or something. <laughs> Just, yeah. She needs to understand cause and effect. Because you put fish in bath water with bubbles, fish is no longer... Among the living. And he finally realizes she's not understanding. It's like, where are you going with this cartoon analogy here? It's like, oh, not a big help. You're comparing life and death, death, to a Wiley Coyote Roadrunner cartoon. And she's, again, she's four. Cartoons in no way are going to depict that type. Well, The Lion King is another story. Things like the Roadrunner Looney Tunes, those Australian, you know, deaths and whatnot that aren't really, it's, it's not showing the cause and effect. Okay, so Danny is the one that says Martin is dead. I'm sorry. And she understands what dead means. Because she starts shaking her head. This is not good news. And the audience is just like, aww. He explains to her that, you know, honey, no fish live forever. I didn't even know that fish could get, like, mondo huge if you give them enough room. I'm, I mean, I went some, it was like a koi pond or something. There, But there was, like, long, like, it was a, with long, long fish, goldfish-ish types there's got to be a bazillion different types of fish out there that are orange and resemble gold. Or, I, I need to look that up. I need to know this. Can a fish, how big can a goldfish get? Let's see. How big can, I can't spell to save my life. Big can a goldfish get? Let's find out, shall we? Oh my gosh! Oh, my gosh. 
Goldfish tend to stay one to two inches long and never grow larger than six six inches. Think of a Subway sub, six inches. 15 centimeters when they are kept as pets in small fish tanks and aquariums. In the wild, fish can reach up to 14 inches. That is two inches over a foot long sub. 30 to 35 centimeters in length. Why do they grow in the wild? Ah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. See, these are all things that Michelle could have... Well, they didn't have the internet in 1991. Well, they had something. They had books at the library. They, I'm sure they had goldfish. You know, that's another thing I noticed with magazines. There are still magazines all over, even with people getting their information on the internet and whatnot. There was a magazine that came out. I don't even know if this one comes out anymore. It was Rabbit USA. It was an annual magazine. I think at one point it was coming out twice a year. And then it came out once a year. And then there's also Critters Magazine, you know, for those of us that have small animals, that came out once a year. And eventually just stopped publication on both, probably because they just weren't selling the magazines enough to and there are magazines on literally I mean you go into a Barnes Noble there are magazines on every subject in the world it feels like I'm sure there's even a magazine on belt making and Jesse's like yes Michelle and it's also important to remember all the happy times you had with Martin yeah all the happy times you had together like the car ride home the walk to your room I guess that's about it, isn't it? And Danny takes Martin in his fishbowl. Michelle asks, where are you taking Martin? And Danny says, well, we're giving him a proper burial at sea. And Michelle asks, is he going to the ocean? And Jesse adds, eventually. Okay, I'm going to ask, for those out there, is that really the proper way to dispose of a fish? Flush it down the toilet? You want your toilet to get clogged? I mean, I know you can flush things down the toilet, but even still, should you? Especially, I mean, that always seems like the trope on TV shows when a fish, like Rudy from Cosby Show, her fish died. Flush it down the toilet. They had a funeral for it in the bathroom. I think that's how that went. But it just, it just seems like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, when the fish dies, you flush it down the toilet. What, why <coughs> did that ever become a trope? <laughs> like, <clears throat> I'm curious to find, I'm sorry for the coughing. I don't know why I'm doing it. I've been doing a lot better since all that coughing I used to do. I think so, anyway. <laughs> but when, was, when did that start becoming a thing? Like, a funny, like, it's not funny, it's sad. It, a, a trope. Like, on TV shows. But even with the... And the thing is, like, that people are like, oh, get a small pet, get a hamster, get a, um... a bird, get a... guinea pig or a rabbit, thinking, oh, it's a small pet. You know, it's a good starter pet. That... They honestly do say, like, definitely, when it comes to rabbits, just... Having a kid, you know, take, I mean, it just, rabbits can easily be spooked. Kids can be loud. 
kids can forget to, you know, change their water every day, just like dogs and cats. They need to have their water changed. You're not taking a cat or a rabbit or a hamster or whatever outside to go to the bathroom, but you do need to clean their their litter box slash cage because think about it. Would you want to stay in an enclosed space surrounded by your own bathroom makings? Until somebody eventually comes around and says, oh, wow, your cage is starting to stink. I guess I should clean it. I'm not saying that kids are irresponsible. I'm also, I'm just saying that parents don't put all this responsibility onto the child. And don't think because the smaller the pet, the easier it's going to be. Because that's not the case. And in some instances, I do think we need to put ourselves into our pet's shoes and think about how we would feel if we were waiting around to be fed, to be watered, to be taken out to go to the bed. That's the thing also. I mean, it's much as I definitely want to get a dog one day, the realization of you can only go somewhere for so long before that animal has to go to the bathroom. And if you're potty training it to the point where it knows it can't go, well, if it can't hold it anymore, it's going to have to, <laughs> basically. I'm sorry this became a pet potty training video or an animal care video, but it just, it brings it out of me, this does. And Michelle waves bye-bye Martin, and Danny hands the fishbowl to Joey, and Danny asks Michelle, I like that he does ask her, like, honey, do you have any questions about Martin before we send him to his eternal resting place are there any questions you'd like to ask about what happened to martin which is good because she needs to like i said cause and effect what happened and the outcome of what happened and yeah she has the most obvious question the million dollar question how did martin die and joey's frank with her he's like you know well michelle martin died in the bubble bath and michelle looks at martin's you know sad self there in that fishbowl and just real that dawns on her that I put him in there and she says she knows like sadly her doing that resulted in his death and Joey kind of re realizes his error there is like when I said that uh, I told you that Fish like to be clean like people. I should have also mentioned that fishes don't take bubble baths. Joey, you couldn't have anticipated what she was going to do. But then again, this is a four-year-old child. You have a house full of people. Everyone should be having tabs on that kid all the time when she's not sleeping. But then again, like I've said, that child rules the roost in that house. Granted, I mean, even Joey said, you know, you know you're not supposed to be taking a bath when, you, you know, you're by yourself. You don't want anything to happen to you. Well, it's like, now you tell me. And Danny kind of pulls Michelle to kind of, you know, turns her around to face him. And he takes her hand and says, honey, it was an accident. And Danny says, you understand that, don't you? And Michelle says, yes, I do. It was all my fault. And it just, your heart breaks for her. And the fact that, you know, her pet died, but it died due to negligence from Michelle slash Joey slash somebody should have been watching. I mean, you're going to hear 
that tub running. And it was running to the point where it was almost filled to the top with water. Yeah, she says, yes, I do. It's all my fault. And you just see Danny is just like, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what to say to her just to, to reassure her. Martin, you can be with my pig tonight. Michelle, honey, there's something that we have to tell you about Martin. He's an excellent sleeper. Uh, no, honey, uh, Martin isn't sleeping. I'm afraid he's gone. No, he's not. He's right here. <laughs> well, yes, he is here in the physical sense, but in another sense, he's everywhere. Danny, I don't think they teach philosophy until kindergarten. Now lay it on the line. Darling, I'm sorry to tell you, but your fishy is dead. Dead. The best sleeper in town. Thank you, Jess. <clears throat> Michelle, do you remember that one Roadrunner cartoon where Wiley Coyote falls off a cliff and he kind of hangs there for a second and then he goes, And then he flattens into a pancake and two little feet pop out and then the pancake walks away and you hear whoop, 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 whoop. Not a big help, huh? Michelle, honey, I'm sorry, but Martin is dead. It's not good news. But honey, no fish live forever. That's right, Michelle. The important thing is to remember all the happy times that you and Martin had together, like... Like the car ride home, the walk to your room. Guess that's about it, isn't it? Where are you taking Martin? We're going to give him a proper burial at sea. Are you going to the ocean? Eventually. Bye-bye, <laughs> Martin. Honey, are there any questions you need to ask about what happened to Martin? How did Martin die? Well, Michelle, Martin died in the bubble bath. I'll put him in there. Well, when I, I told you that fishies like to be clean just like people, I should have also mentioned that fishies don't take bubble baths. Now you tell me. <laughs> Honey, it was just an accident. You understand that, don't you? I think it was all my fault. Okay, so the guy's got a little surprise for Michelle. It's under a towel uh, in the middle of the kitchen table. And I think, it's, it's, if you've seen the episode, we all know what's under that towel. Jesse brings out Michelle. <laughs> I love Jesse when he wears the white t-shirt, but he wears, like, the v-neck black sweater vest over it. I don't know why. I just, I like it. But anyway, he bling, brings out Michelle, like, flying Michelle! And she's like, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming! And Jesse sits her down on the chair. I'm here! <laughs> and Danny says, Michelle, we have a very special surprise for you. And Michelle's, like, trying to pull up the towel, and she's like, a towel? 
And Danny turns to Joey and says, they are so literal at this age. And Danny tells her, no, honey, it's not the towel. It's under the towel. New pet fish. Yes, the whole, oh, your pet pass. Let's go out and get you another. And, of course, her reaction to this, are we really surprised that she is not on board with this? She already feels like, you know, she did cause the death of her pet. And now she's like, she feels like, oh, no, you got to stay away from me, fish, because I might, you know, kill you or something. It's just, she feels like her mere presence around this fish is going to result in fatality for this poor fish. I got a really nice setup here. It is a an aquarium that's... I'm going to say that's probably a 10-gallon aquarium. So I can tell that this is Ashley Olsen. So, um, yeah, she immediately is like, no, thank you. And Jesse says, come on, Michelle. Look, the fishy likes you. Quinn. And Joey tells us the fish's name is Freddy. And he's like, oh, see, he's saying hi, Michelle. Hello, Michelle. Like, <laughs> And she's saying, like, watch out, Freddy. I'm bad news, mister. And Danny tells her, like, honey, that's not true. What happened to Martin was an accident. And Danny says, besides, Freddy doesn't live in a plastic fish bowl. He lives in a palace. He's in a fish palace. Yeah, the fish. this fish has got, yeah, gravel. And it's got a little... Um, it's almost like a little conch show. It's got a filter. And it's got a little snail that cleans the tank three times a week. But the thing is, they have it set up on the kitchen table. How long? That's not going to stay there. Because people need to eat dinner. What are you going to do? I'm going to eat my cereal. I'm going to watch this fish. Beats reading the back cereal boxes. And, yeah, she's just so hurt by this. She's like... I don't want to fish. Which, why would she after what happened? That was traumatizing for her to learn that truth, that she was the cause of, you know, sadly, of Martin's, you know, passing and everything. So, Jesse, this is a good idea, and it makes sense. He's like, you know what, Michelle? I got an idea. We're going to make Freddy the family fish. He's going to stay there in the kitchen? Where are you eating? I mean, the tank isn't huge, but it's still an obstacle. And Jesse's like, and you can just be his buddy, you know? That's all. That way you're not putting any responsibility on her. They, if they'd have done that with Martin the fish and made him the family fish and gotten a tank for him, yeah, and just made, you know, he could be in the living room where everyone could see him and interact and everything. But putting him on a kitchen table is not really the best way to go. And Michelle says, okay, but I'm not getting too close. And she starts to go out of the kitchen and Danny kind of calls her back, says, Michelle, there's nothing to worry about. That fish is going to live for a long, long time. And Michelle says, he better stay out of the bathtub. Well, unless someone puts him in the bathtub, he's not going anywhere near the bathtub. You know, fish don't have legs. Yeah. And unless there's water, he's not swimming anywhere. 
And Michelle leaves the kitchen, and Jesse tells Danny, he's like, are you kidding me? Why would you tell her fishes live a long, long time? Those things die if you look at them funny. Oh, they thought of that. They planned ahead. And the cabinet right near that window, they have umpteen fish bowls with these black fighter fish looking things. Like, like the beta fish, right? The ones that can live in a vase. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's ten fit. Well, wait a minute. There's one, two, three, four. There's twelve bowls. Let's see. Two, four, six. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 fish in there. At least 2, 4, 3, 4, 5 of them, 6 of them have 2 fish to a bowl. Come on in, Jess, we're ready. It's flying Guess what, Michelle? We have a very special surprise for you. A towel? <laughs> they are so literal at this age. No, it's not a towel. It's under the towel. It's your new pet fish. No, thank you. Well, oh, come on, Michelle. Look at the fish he likes you. He's wagging his tail. Yeah, his name is Freddy. He's saying hi to you, Michelle. Watch out, Freddy. I'm big trouble, mister. Oh, no, sweetheart. That's not true. What happened to Martin was just an accident. Besides, Freddy doesn't live in a little plastic fish bowl. He's in a fish palace. Look, it's got gravel and a filter, and there's my personal favorite, a live-in snail that cleans the tank three times a week. I don't know enough fish. Listen, Michelle, I I'll tell you what. We'll make Freddy the family fish, okay? And, and he'll just stay here right in the kitchen, and you can just be his buddy, all right? Okay, but I'm not getting too close. Sweetheart. Listen, there is nothing to worry about. That fish is going to live a long, long time. You better stay out of the bathtub. That's crazy telling that fish can live a long, long time. Those things die if you look at them funny. Jess, we got it covered. Joey? Okay, so we are in DJ and Stephanie's room, and Stephanie is quizzing DJ on Carfax for her phone call with Bobby. She's going to bone up on her Carfax. Expecting Bobby to quiz her, or just... Ugh. So, Stephanie asks how many cylinders in a 1966 Ford Mustang... And DJ says, uh, I don't know, 200? And I'm thinking, cylinder, I mean, usually it's in a car, usually like a six-cylinder or an eight-cylinder. Oh, Stephanie says, eh, the correct answer is eight. Okay, well, hey, if, <laughs> I definitely kind of got it right, because I said eight after six. Stephanie asks, how many questions have you answered wrong so far? And DJ says, all of them. And Stephanie says, ding, 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 you got that one right. 
Becky comes in, asks the girls if they're ready for the big swear dance lesson. And DJ's like, well, I can't do that. I can't participate because I'm still cramming for my phone call session with Bobby. Why is she doing this to herself? No guy is worth that. If he can't like you for who you are. I mean, he must have been roped into her in one way or another. I mean, he did ride home with her. So she somehow got his attention in one way or another. He's kind of asking a rhetorical question like, why did I say I knew so much about cars? And Steffi says, uh, maybe because you're boy crazy and you'll do anything to impress him. No boy is worth that. She didn't have to work that hard to impress Steve. She was just herself. And that's what he fell in love with. It's not like he asked her to be, pretend that she was, like, obs obsessed with wrestling or something like that. And Stephanie heads downstairs so that way she can get ready for the square dance lesson. And Becky says, DJ, you do not have to pretend that you're interested in something for a boy to like you. And DJ understands that because she's like, oh, but he's so cute. I'm like... He was okay. He was not all that in a bag of chips. I'm sorry, but he wasn't. Becky is trying so hard to get through DJ, and she says, DJ, if a boy... Yeah, she says, if a boy doesn't like you for who you are, he's not worth liking. It's like, girl, come on now. And here is the phone call. And DJ, oh my gosh, that's Bobby, what should I say? And DJ, oh my goodness. That gets straight with her, like, hey, just tell him the truth. He'll respect you because you for your honesty. Becky, he's a 14-year-old boy. No, he's not going to respect her for her honesty. DJ, you didn't have to go that far. All she, she said was, I think cars are boring and they cause pollution. I'd be like, okay, you could have left out the pollution part. You just, just say, you know, I'm not that into cars. I mean, I think they're cool, but I'm, I don't really want to go into full detail about how many cylinders and how many this and that and mufflers and no. Hey, says, oh, but I know that won't matter to you. Because, and she doesn't even get a chance to finish because he hangs up on her. What girls, unless they're a top, I mean, and I'm not trying to put someone into a category of saying, oh, just, you know, if they're a tomboy, they'd be into cars or something. But what, I'm sure there are girls out there around that age that, you know, they're, they're into cars. So, you know, find a girl that likes cars, I guess. I don't know. And I'm going to say, it's probably going to be pretty slim pickings there, bud, because uh, I don't know a lot. that I'm sure they want to drive a car, but they don't want to obsess over the statistics, characteristics, whatever, deets about cars. Because he's talking about manifolds and glass mufflers and pff, who cares about that stuff. And DJ's all, hello, Bobby? And then she looks at Becky and says, he hung up. Like, girl, are you surprised that he hung up? There wasn't much going for Bobby anyway. I mean, he was an average-looking kid who has a one-track mind. <laughs> and Becky's like, 
uh, oops. It's like, Becky, don't apologize. Don't apologize. You did nothing wrong. And Becky apologizes. She's like, oh, DJ, I'm sorry. And DJ's like, it's okay, Aunt Becky. Any guy who hangs up on me is probably not my type. Probably not your type? He's straight up rude. I'm like, don't ever call me again, Bobby. That kid needs to learn how to talk on the phone. And he needs to find more than one hobby. And more than one interest. And Becky is like, wow, DJ, I'm impressed. You're taking this rejection really well. And DJ says, well, I'm better off without him. But he was so cute. No, well, whatever. I mean, tomato, tomato, I guess. To each their own. She thought he was cute. But cuteness shouldn't be a factor like, oh, well, he's, he doesn't have much of a personality, but he's cute. He doesn't have much going on upstairs, but he's cute. I would rather be with someone for their personality. I mean, my gosh, we don't kind of have everything in common under the sun, but my goodness. I knew a kid in school all the way up through. Okay. Literally was this kid was in my class, like from first grade way up to senior high school. I remember he would go through obsessions. Ninja Turtles was a big one in second grade. Then it was all about Link, Legend of Zelda, Link, Mario. And then in high school, it was all about, oh, I think junior high was also Power Rangers. But I think at that time, like, everyone was, like, all like, oh, who's the white, who's the green ranger? Or who's the white ranger? It can't be Tommy because he's the green ranger. And then in high school, this guy... He was all about the WWF, WWE wrestling, Man, Macho Man's Randy Savage, and um, Steve Austin. I, I never watched wrestling. I don't really care for it. You couldn't pay me to watch it. I'm just not into that stuff. But it's just he's, this guy, it's like he had... A one-track mind, whereas, like, that is his obsession at the time. He will not talk about anything else. Whenever you try to steer him off course, he will always find something to take you back to his favorite subject, which, yeah. I mean, nice guy, no problem. That You know, he was a nice guy and all, but he just, yeah. Okay, Deej, how many cylinders in a classic 1966 Ford Mustang? Look, I want to be honest with you. I think cars are boring and they cause pollution. 
But I know that won't matter to you because you... Hello? Bobby? He hung up. Well, you didn't need him anyway. <laughs> Deej, I'm sorry. That's okay, Becky. Any guy who hangs up on me is probably not my type. <laughs> probably not your type? Boy, Deej, yeah. I'm impressed. You're taking this rejection really well. Well, I'm better off without him. And he was so cute. So, we go to the kitchen. Michelle's coming down the stairs because she wants to get a cookie. And she is very... The way that she's kind of reacting is how you would react with a, an animal, cat, dog that's a little skittish. That's in the, you know, you're, you know they're in the room. Like, I don't want them to run. I don't want them to get freaked out and take off. So I'm just going to slowly just kind of maneuver myself across the room, talking very quietly, just saying, Freddie, it's okay, I'm just getting a cookie. Don't worry, I'm not going to put you in the bath. I'm not going to give you a bath. And then she, you know, goes up to the table and sits in the chair and just kind of watches. And, you know, he's not spooked or anything, you know, he's Gotta be used to people staring at him and whatnot. And he's floating, doing his thing, living his life. That's how you do, right? So, yeah. And she's just sitting there quietly eating her cookie, just observing. You know, this also made me think of, like, when you, like, like you kill a bug or something like that. And then you have to like go get something to take care of the remains and then you just kind of even though the thing is you know dead it's not gonna like wake up and jump at you you still approach cautiously just because that fear of like oh my gosh they're gonna jump they're gonna jump at me maybe it's not really dead you know that's just that kind of fear or here's a here's a really good one <laughs> exactly this is kind of something that i would do like, say there's like a bug or something in the bathtub because you're getting ready, you know, take a bath, take a shower, whatever. And you take care of the thing, you kill it, you whatever, you remove it from said bathtub. But you're still extremely cautious and uncomfortable because you know that's where, you know, you're stepping into where it was and thinking like, oh, it's not like it's going to come out of the trash and come and get me or whatever. But it's just the fact that it was there and you just can't put it out of your mind. That's that's me. <laughs> that's happened before. I actually had, I am like deathly afraid of spiders and um, I had to kill an, an itty bitty one in the in the tub, and I'm just usually I would have Jeremy do that stuff, but uh, I just I like got a cup and just started splashing, you know, at it until it eventually you know went into the drain and whatnot. But just that fear of it coming back up or something just made the bat like really on at me feel on edge and uncomfortable. I mean, honestly, can you think, I mean, I'm sure they would move it eventually, the aquarium, to another section of the house, the living room, maybe, where everyone can look at it. But I would honestly say, I wouldn't mind, if I were to sit down and have a bowl of cereal, if I had to choose between reading the back of a cereal box, reading the nutrition facts, or staring at a fish swim around the aquarium, I'd go with the fish. Pre-cell phone, of course, is what I'm referring to. <laughs> like, I'm going to 
I could look at my cell phone, watch like some Netflix, or I could stare at this fish. I'm gonna go with the phone. <laughs> So now we're in the living room and Becky is kind of instructing everybody since they've all been paired up. We got Danny and DJ uh, towards the door that leads to the kitchen. We got Joey and Stephanie by the couch and Becky and Jesse are, their backs are facing the front door. And DJ says, you know, I don't mean to get technical, but uh, I think we formed a triangle. And she's, you know, informed, like, these are the steps. This is how we're going to do this. Now that everyone's been coupled up. And and Becky says, oh, it'll be much more square when my parents are here. So they're just kind of missing, like, two other people. That It kind of forms a square. But she's like, oh, it'll be much more square when my parents are here. And Jesse, of course, you know, doesn't be a smart mouth. He's like, you ain't kidding. And Becky turns around because she's heading over to the stereo. She's like, uh, what was that, sweetheart? He, he's like, oh, I mean, I said I'll do your bidding. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's what I thought you said. No, she heard him. Uh, yeah. She says, that's all I ask. So Becky actually is now wearing something different. Before she was wearing a, it was kind of, the collar was just cut below the shoulder. So, you know, shoulders exposed. But it's this wide collar and it had like little gold um, discs kind of along the collar. And um, the, it, the color of the sweater was kind of a, you know, a fuchsia type of color, magenta-ish. But now she's wearing blue jeans and I think that's a red turtleneck. But I think, I'm thinking Michelle is going to get... I think she's going to get runner-up, and I want I think Jessie is going to be the one who gets the best outfit with that black sweater vest and white t-shirt. It just, I don't know why, but I just really, really like it. So she's explaining to them, you know, bow to your partner, not bow, turn and bow to your corner. And then she takes Jessie, she puts her arm across his stomach, and she's like, all right, now everybody, do si -do. They kind of, you know, spin in a circle with their arms. One arm's, like, draped across the stomach of your partner. The other one is in the air, like, woo this is so much fun. And there's no lyrics to the song that's playing. It just got kind of a honky-tonkish country vibe. And Becky's kind of calling out the cues, like, swing your partner around and round up. Pick that girl up off the ground. And we got Joey with Stephanie lifting her in the air. Jesse's lifting Becky in the air. And Danny is, I really don't like Danny's hair in season four. He's lifting DJ just a little bit off the ground. Well, that's kind of cool. Like, when they're lifted up, the, the girls, like, kick their, their leg, their legs back. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's like, now if that girl starts to roam, just promenade your lady home. And they start kind of sidestepping each other in a circle. <laughs> kind of skipping along while holding each other's arms. I love how <laughs> Becky's like, take it, Danny. So they start, <laughs> like, doing their own little version of the lyrics. So basically everyone's kind of, like, going the opposite from them the, to the opposite corner with, like, Be uh, DJ and Jesse, Danny and Becky, and again with Joey and Stephanie. And Danny's just saying something, and then he, of course, since he's Mr. Clean, so like, don't leave scuff marks on the floor. And Danny says, now all join hands in circle right, circle right and then... Jesse says, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. It's like he wants to, like, dude, come on. Can't you at least pretend to be into this? So, I'm out of here. So he heads towards the door. Like, no, 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 no. He has to pull Jesse back into the circle or square. <laughs> They're, like, doing a combination of different dances. As Joey's like, put your left foot in, put your right take your right foot out, spin, turn around, and do the hokey pokey or something like that and shake it all about. Joey's really into this. He's like, do the monkey and the mashed potato, get down on the floor and do the alligator, which is basically on your back and just like moving your arms and legs up and down. <laughs> That's the alligator? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen an alligator. I've never seen an alligator in real life, thank goodness, because I would freak out majorly. But I don't think they're ever on their back. That was fun. That was fun. I mean, <laughs> and of course, Jesse's smiling, and Becky notices, like, what's that on your face? Jesse cuts off, and he's like, what? Like, that was a smile, so you're having fun. It's like, come on, man, you gotta admit, I mean, yeah. You don't gotta be a grumpy puss about everything. A mirror isn't gonna break if you crack a smile, come on. She's like, Jesse Katsopoulos, what is your, what's on your, what's that on your face? Like, what? And then you see him smiling, like, yeah, that was a smile, you're enjoying yourself. He's like, no, no, it was like, yes, you were. And Becky, yeah, Jesse's like, yeah, this will be fun at our wedding. I mean, they don't, well, we see of the, the reception, we don't see any of this, because there's no room in that house, because it's packed with people. And she's put her arms around, like, oh, I can't wait for next week when we're going to be husband and wife. And I like this because we have seen these characters grow and evolve as a couple since season two and season four and season three. And it's just so sweet and beautiful. It's like this, honestly, of the Full House episodes, one of the big, big things was the wedding of Jesse and Becky. And then, of course, you have the birth of Nikki and Alex. And that's honestly, like, I've said it before. And it just, I just don't, they made such a big deal of the, the twins being born and everything and, you know, Jesse and Becky's parents just to kind of give the kids, you know, the college age kids, <laughs> Nikki and Alex, just the bums rush, it just felt like, on Fuller House, it's just like, they were made to be like, a, a joke. It's like, these are your sons that you love and everything. And now they're just like, ugh, be careful if you have a kid, Stephanie, or it'll turn out to be like them. Like, come on. I just wish they could have done so much more with Nikki and Alex. I mean, even though given the screen time we have with them, 
just you could have done so much more with them. They could have been, you know, instead of college dropouts driving a fish taco food truck, you could have had them be, you know, semi-successful. You know, I hear the twins in real life. One's a fireman, one's a foley artist, which works with, like, sound effects and whatnot. It's like, could have had them do that. <laughs> and one could be, like, uh, working at a bank. One could be a real estate agent. I don't know. Okay, now you all have your partners, and I've showed you what to do, so let's couple off and form a square. I hate to get technical, but we formed a triangle. <laughs> well, it'll be much more square when my parents are here. You ain't kidding. Oh, Jesse. What? Oh, I said I'll do your bidding. That's all I ask. Okay, now everybody just listen to the music, and I'll call out the instructions. <laughs> Bow to your partner. Bow to your corner. Now, everybody, dosey do. -si -do. Alright, you're looking great, everybody. And swing your partner around and round. Lift that girl right off the ground. Woo! Now, if that woman starts to roam, just promenade that lady home. <coughs> Take it, Nanny! Now, right, left, grand once, and then once more, just don't leave scuff marks on the floor. <laughs> Now all join hands in the circle, right? Merry Christmas to all, to all a good night. I'm out of here. Get yourself back over here, mister. Take it, Joey. Put your left foot in, put your left foot out. Do the hokey pokey and you shake it all about. Do the monkey and the mashed potato. Get on the floor and do the alligator. So Michelle runs in and saying, "Come quick! Something happened to the fishy!" <coughs> and they all turn and look at her, you know, <laughs> concerned on their faces. And Danny's like, "Honey, what's wrong?" And Michelle's like, "I don't know, but it's not my fault. I didn't do anything." I think we're gonna have a third runner-up for worst outfit. Michelle's gonna be in third place. I rarely give out third place, but it's like, nah, I definitely think there's gonna be a third here. Yeah. I mean, get it, she's a kid, she doesn't dress herself, but, ugh. Everyone, you know, because they're on the floor, they gotta get back up to standing. And Michelle's like, hurry, I said move it, mister, as everyone, like, jets it in, into the kitchen. And, yeah, they're like, what is it? And just the look of disgust on Stephanie's face, like, ew, there's little thingies swimming around in there. Which, yes, of course, fish do lay eggs. I don't know. <laughs> Unless she had already laid, maybe the fish already laid eggs, because maybe she was already pregnant. And, um... These are just little fish hatching from the eggs they've hatched. We just, you didn't see the eggs because they were in the aquarium. I don't know. I, okay, I want to look up the gestation of a fish. Okay, so goldfish is going to be two to seven days. A molly fish is two months. Two months. A glowfish, five days. 
Uh, oh, there's five more rows. Hold on. Oh, it's gonna take me to the website. Uh, what in the what? No, I'm oh, stupid ads. What's a bat? This. I meant like. What in the world? Fish egg laying fishes. Okay, females lay eggs. Me for blah 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 blah. Egg scatters, egg barriers, and bubble nesters, egg laying cat. Oh, oh, that wow, that's interesting. Um, this is a type of fish that has both female and male organ. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. How do you know if a fish is pregnant? Whenever fish become pregnant, it exhibits some signs that confirm it's pregnant. Change in gravid spot. Uncomfortable to swim. Stop eating. Nesting. Appearance of bulge. How to care for pregnant fish. How to care for pregnant guppy. Interesting. Oh, yeah, because, oh, yeah, that's right. They're little baby fishes. Michelle says, all I did was look. It's like, pumpkin, you didn't do anything wrong. And they even tell Michelle, you're a hero. You know, you came and got us when you saw something was going on that showed great judgment, sweetie. And Joey's like, yeah, these are baby fish. And Jesse's like, looks like our Freddy is a Frida. And Danny, you know, prides Michelle by saying, sweetie, you did a good job watching the tank. You saw the babies and you came to get us. And yeah, you're a hero. Oh, and Joey does say that they're going to take the mother fish out of the tank, you know, a special nursery tank so the babies can, you know, get strong and healthy and not have to worry about, you know, something happening. And Michelle says, I did a good job. It's like, you sure did. So Joey's got the little fish net, the green fish net thing, and he gets free to the fish. And he puts her in a fishbowl that already has another fish in there. So I don't know when it comes to, like, you get certain fish that aren't going to be, like, enemies of each other. Like, oh, don't get this fish in this fish because this fish will attack this other fish or something like that. And DJ says, you know, I bet there's 25 babies in there. And Michelle asks, can we keep the babies in my room? Well, I mean, they probably could put it on that little table, but that just seems like something that would keep a child up at night. There was an episode of the show called Super Nanny, and this kid was probably, like, maybe under the age of four, or maybe under the age of five, had a hamster in their room, which teach their own. But the fact that, you know, we know hamsters are nocturnal. You give them a wheel, they're going to be spinning on that baby all night. And that, even if you get a silent spinner, which is one that doesn't make a lot of noise, it's still going to be, you know, and, you know, kids need sleep and adults need sleep too. So it's like, no, don't put the, well, not to mention, it's like, put the animal out where there are going to be people around and stuff like that. So you don't just put it up in a room and just, Yeah. And Danny says, yeah, honey, we can put them in your room. I think they'd really be happy there. And Danny says, you really came through for those fish. And Jesse says, yeah, great job, Bunchkin.
Becky is the one that says, you're a hero, Michelle. And they all start to clap. <laughs> so adorable. I love how Michelle does the little double piece signs. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and I just, I like her attitude now has changed. She's no longer fearful and worried that she's going to hurt the fish just by being in the same room with it. You know, it just really changed her her, her attitude. Her She's got a positive outlook and everything. So something good happened instead of, yeah. And Stephanie tells, like, hey, can you believe how little those babies are? And here, of course, we get the million-dollar question from Michelle. Daddy, where did babies come from? Like, you knew that question was coming. She does ask that question again when Becky is pregnant at the end of season four. She asks about where babies come from. Oh, yeah, that's right, because of uh, her invisible friend and everything, Glenn. Because, you know, all her her uh, school friends, she's, because it's summertime and everything, so. <laughs> Raised eyebrow on Danny. It's just like, oh, my goodness, this is too young. And, and Danny, the way that he kind of raises an eyebrow and then kind of looks like, like, okay, co-parents, help me out. You're not going to help. You know what, honey? How about we go back to square dancing? You can join in, and then we'll table this conversation for another time. <laughs> Little attitude, Michelle. As they're all like, come on, honey, we're going to go promenade in the living room. And she's like, hey, you, come back here. Where do babies come from? And then she gets off the chair and starts stomping after them. I know you know. Something's happening to the fishy. What's going on? I don't know, but it's not my fault. <laughs> Hurry up. I said move it, mister. What's the matter? What is it? Ew, little teeny tiny thingies are swimming in there. All I did is look. Well, these are baby fish. Look how cute they are. Huh. Looks like uh, Freddy's a Frida, huh? <laughs> it's a good thing you were watching the tank. You saw the babies and you did the right thing by telling us. I did? You sure did. And now we can take the mommy fish out and put her in a special nursery tank so the babies can grow up strong and healthy. I did a good job. <laughs> Come on, Frida, get in here. <laughs> must be 25 babies in there. Can I keep the babies in my room? Yes, honey. I think they'd be very happy there. You really came through for those fish. Yeah. Good job, Munchkin. You're a hero, Michelle. Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Can you believe how little those babies are? Daddy, where do babies come from? <laughs> yeah. You know, why don't we go back to square dancing and I'll tell you about this later, honey. Hey, get back here. Where do babies come from? I know you know. You know, I was actually thinking, you know, that fish tank in her room might not be as noisy as a hamster on a wheel because, you know, I hear the bubbles and stuff and the, um the filter and whatnot and almost will probably sound like white noise even maybe even help you sleep that's why i sleep with a fan just because i have to <laughs> because <clears throat> when we stayed at the hotel for that those couple nights 
Because the way that we had that thing set up with the air conditioning, that fan, it comes on and then it goes off. Well, the first night, that fan would do that. It would, you know, the AC would come on and then it would go off. And when I was sleeping, I would sleep when the fan was on. But when it would click off, it's like I immediately would wake up and know, like, it is too quiet. So the next night, we had pretty much just, like, just had the the fan running and not the AC. So it was still, it was still cool, but it was a constant hum. So, it, you know, that white noise really, it helped me mostly stay asleep. So, all right. So, of course, as I had said, the best outfit of the episode, of course, first place is going to be Jesse with the white t-shirt with the black sweater vest. And runner-up, of course, was going to be Michelle with the, you know, the jean pants, the red shirt, the jean jacket with the red design stripes going down. Worst outfit, of course. Going to be number one, of course, is Stephanie's little red, or not red, um, yellow yarn wig hair thing. On the front of her lavender shirt was just really gaudy and just bleh. And then, of course, second place is going to DJ's, like, flower vine cream white turtleneck. And then third place is going to Michelle's little uh, outfit at the end, the matching top and bottom, just... It's really hard to describe. It's like like little like multicolored like kind of an eggshell color with like multicolored you know really like muted light colors and it's just I it no I just was not a fan. So yes, Michelle is getting awarded uh, runner up best outfit and third place versus first outfit. Tanner Teachable moment, of course, for this episode is just, um, you give your kids the facts, but maybe, I mean, yeah, you want to be honest with them, but you also want to explain it in a way that they can accept and understand. Don't, because I think the way that Joey, because when she asked how Martin died, he said, well, he died in the bubble bath. She immediately blames herself. It's like, just say, you know, accidents happen you didn't know what you were doing next time you're unsure about something just you know come to one of us and we will let you know joey could have clarified like oh the fish needs to be cleaned you could have said or the fish likes to be cleaned you could have said just the bowl needs to be cleaned which he may have said that but she at four did misunderstand because the way he worded it fish like people like to be clean and when she thinks clean it means okay bathtub you're getting cleaned in the bathtub so yeah um and honest also the whole thing when they went out and got another fish right away just like oh we get her a new fish it'll be okay she already is feeling major guilt from what happened like she basically understands in a way she was responsible for the death of her fish now she's skittish and scared to death to even be in the same room as a fish by thinking that just by being in the same room she's going to cause the, this new fish's death so well, just a lot of confusion on her end I mean you got three you got the parent and the co-parents one of you should be able to 
I mean, I guess they did an okay job explaining it to her. But um, another thing is, like I said, when it comes to getting married, compromising is a big, big thing. You're going to be doing a lot of that when you're married, not just... And the wedding just... I mean, it is both of you coming together. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's the late... It's the bride's day. It's like, But it's also the groom's day, too. So, like I said, just just compromise. Just I'm, I'm sure, you know... You have to understand that you're coming, you know, each of you is coming with your own traditions from your own families, and you got to be able to, you know, compromise it. It's a special day and whatnot, but as I said, marriage is honestly all about compromising and working through differences to come up with the best solution that you both can agree on or at least live with. Like, okay, this time you get to main name the child and then you can name the first name, I get to choose the middle name. Or something to that effect. So, um, yeah, the next episode. So we're going back to the Father's Day little trilogy series here. And I will be covering season six. I'm sorry I'm yawning. I had a uh, busy, busy day. <laughs> I made so many hot dogs at my job. They ought to dub me hot dog lady instead of pizza lady or pizza hot lady because I also make pizza pizzas at my job as well. So, um, yeah, season 6, episode 10, I'm Not DJ. December 1st, 92 is when it aired. Stephanie wants to get her ears pierced so she can wear real earrings like her friends. The two Jennifers. Yes, this is, I believe, the first appearance of Daniel Fischel and the blonde Jennifer with the braces. Because uh, they do make a reappearance later in, later on in season six with the silence is not golden. Danny forbids her from doing so until she begins junior high, just like DJ. Um, if you remember the episode, and I'm, I'm thinking of it clearly, it's DJ's very first horse, that is season two. You look at that scene, DJ does have her ears pierced, so continuity. But then again, if you look at previous episodes, like especially... Season 2, Season 3, especially Season 2, Stephanie does have her ears pierced. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like they're keeping a catalog of all this stuff. Like, okay, what is it that has been done so we can... And the same thing with Jesse graduating high school and then find out... Because he went to his high school reunion in Season 4. But we find out in Season 6 that he didn't graduate high school. So, yeah. Steph doesn't want to wait. It is so desperate. <laughs> She's got to be pretty desperate. She turns to Kimmy Gibbler for help. Whose brother, Garth, not Jimmy, just happens to work in an earring. This guy, Garth, I gotta say, guys, he is a man of many, many talents. Let's see. I remember him working as a bellhop in the Excelsior Hotel in Season 4's episode, Shape Up. Also... Uh, I thought he was also, he had like a magic kit or something or some handcuffs. And uh, I thought it was season two, the episode I haven't covered yet with um, Joey's ex, Patty Fogarty. Uh, 
and she Kimmy says she got the magic kit from her brother, so I don't know whether he's like has a small stint as a magician <laughs> in Nevada or something to that effect, because you know California and Nevada like bump up against each other. I'm just trying to think, and you know he drives this crazy like Nickelodeon red and lime green or uh, orange and lime green car wild thing. Oh my gosh. Those are the facets of uh, <laughs> Kimmy's older brother, Garth. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, I have so many things to uh, say about that episode coming up. Oh boy. Oh my goodness. I can understand. I mean, I never got my ears pierced as a kid. If you were a kid growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, and you weren't ready for earrings, you probably had the pad of stick-out ones that <laughs> would get stuck in your hair. I mean, you put them on in the beginning of the morning, by the mid-afternoon, you're feeling your lobes. Where'd they go? Where'd they go? They're, like, stuck in your hair. They're fall, fell on the floor. Who knows? They're gone. That's probably why you get a, a sheet of, like, I think there are, like, some, like, star ones. There's, like, maybe half moons and other little things like that. But those, those are, like, beginner. I'm not ready to get my ear pierced. And the thing that was kind of funny is I got older, and when I mean older, I mean probably, like, somewhere in my 20s. Pam is like, oh, why don't you get your ears pierced? I'm like, no, 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 no. The big thing why I even when I got of age, older, why I couldn't is they're worried, like, especially, like, what if you lose them? It's a lot of responsibility. That's probably why I didn't get to get a class ring either because they were afraid. And when I say they, I mean my dad and my grandma whatnot, um, that I would lose it, and a class ring is a lot of money, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, if I could go back and die, I would love to have gotten a class ring, so, anyway, <laughs> enough about me and my childhood, uh, so, yeah, I'll be hitting on that episode, so, the third, because I got June, I got my calendar here, uh, June 3rd, of course, we do the first episode of the Father's Day. It is going to be Aware Aware is my little girl gone. We have the 10th of June as A Fish Called Martin. I'm Not DJ is on the 17th, and we finish up the Father's Day series with Danny and Michelle. High anxiety from season 7. <laughs> So, all right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I had a lot of fun with this. And if you want, I will release a separate episode about episodes, I series, double features that I plan to do in the next year and a half to two years. I want to stretch out Full House a little longer. So a lot of the times there probably will be Months where it'll just be maybe two to three episodes tops. And usually if it's going to be three episodes, it's because I'm covering an episode for somebody's birthday. Like, John Stamos has a birthday in August. Dave Coulier has a birthday in September. Elias Harger, who plays Max, has a birthday in October. And Jackson has a Jackson. <laughs> Michael Campion, who plays Jackson on Fuller House, has a birthday in July. 
So I'm trying to remember, I don't believe I covered driving Mr. Jackson. I think that's probably the one that I, I think I might be going with that one. So I just got to double check. I'm pretty sure I haven't covered that yet. There's a lot of Fuller House that I have not covered. So, all right. If you guys want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet and you'd like to, go to iTunes, search for the Full House, Fuller House Podcast, and leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House new and old fans like yourselves. So, have a great weekend. Well, yeah, have a great weekend. (laughs) Bye-bye, everyone.